boom. On today's show, I have special guest, Lisa Mitchell. Lisa is the host of the Visionary Founders Podcast. It's a whole life coach for entrepreneurs and visionaries, helping them to activate their biggest visions to create extraordinary lives and businesses to leave a powerful legacy in the world. Today, we dive into how to step into your biggest vision while breaking from the imposter syndrome that stops so many business owners and entrepreneurs in their tracks. Have a listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself, spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. I am extremely excited to have special guest Lisa Mitchell on the podcast today. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I am excited to have you. So let's get into state to start out. So we're going to do three power breaths in and I define a power breath in through the belly up through the chest. We'll raise our hands above our head. Let's go ahead and breathe in and out. Good. Another breath in. And out, final breath in, and out. All right, now I'm going to count down three, two, one, and we're going to yell the boom at the top of our lungs to get the energy level up in three, two, one, and boom. boom. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> right. I appreciate you. Appreciate you playing along. So Lisa, I eat, sleep, breathe, morning habits, rituals, routines. I, I feel like they are the true foundation for success personally, professionally in life. So would you care to share with the audience what you, what is one thing you do in the morning to, to really set you down that path towards success? Absolutely. And I totally agree with you. I think this is something that I talk to all my clients about who are busy and um, professionals and entrepreneurs and founders, that those few minutes when you wake up are really the things that, that set up your day. And I've played around a lot of things. I love the Miracle Morning book. So, you know, I've played around my own way of doing it. And I think I think we're we're in the same mindset in terms of energy. So I believe that energy is everything. And when we align our energy, everything starts to flow. And so what I do in the morning is, you know, I wake up and I might just kind of have a nip, quick nip to the bathroom, but I do anything else. I get back into bed, I set an alarm, and I just literally just really go within for 10 minutes. Okay. And just let my energy just settle. I don't try and do anything. I don't try and go through a process. I literally just allow myself to be. And I find that in itself is incredibly powerful in busy lives. And then once I've done that, I start to get more intentional. So my connection, my intention is to be connected to my big vision every day. And so my vision is to revolutionize how we live and work, and particularly working with visionaries. And so I allow that vision to just kind of like sit in me and then start to grow without, with, beyond me. Okay. So I imagine it kind of in my body and then I imagine it kind of going out of my body into the world. And so I'm both holding it within and I'm kind of sending an energetic kind of signal out into the universe, if you like. 
Um, and, I, and only when I've done that and I feel really connected and excited to this bigger vision that I'm creating, I start to connect more into the day. So I start to just, like in a quite a playful kind of way, start feeling into, okay, what's today going to bring? What's my intention? You know, what would I love to happen today? And again, I just let myself kind of luxuriate in it, you know, and play with it and feel it and get excited about it. And when I do that, what I find is often then I'll get a kind of, I'll start to get downloads about the day. I'm very intuitive. And so I start to get a sense of like, huh, okay, that person just popped into my mind. Or this is something that I, oh God, we had that thing that I want to do. And so of course I have my things in my schedule I have to do, but I try and have enough space open that I can say, oh my gosh, that person popped into my head. I haven't thought about for ages. I'm going to call her today. And I can guarantee you that those are the things that are often the game changers. Mm. And, I'll, and I'll often phone somebody and they'll go, that's so weird. I was only thinking about you this morning. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, 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 the other thing to say is I, I try not to be too rigid with a routine. Okay. Um, because I want to create a habit of connection. But I don't, I, what I find sometimes with my clients is they get so attached to doing it a certain way is it becomes almost a trap in itself. You know, I get up and I do this, I do 10 minutes exercise and I do that. And you lose that sense of kind of expansiveness in it. So every so often I kind of shake it up a bit and I go, oh, do you know what? I feel like right now journaling is really good for me. I'm going to bring more journaling in. Or I feel like I really need to get my energy moving at the moment, so I'll go and do exercise in the morning. So I try not to be wedded to one thing, but it's always about energetic connection. Gotcha. And I, I love energy is everything, right? I am I am so in line with you, and it's so <laughs> so incredibly powerful. And and unfortunately, so many people don't operate in that energetic field, that positivity, that that energy, and it's it's very difficult to accomplish anything great when you're not in that state, right? So I, I definitely yeah. love that you you called that out. I also love that you really take time to have space in the craziness that that is the world and and really get in line with yourself and and trust your intuition, what you're thinking about to to dictate some of the actions you're going to take, whether it's somebody popping into your head and reaching out to that, that individual. And, uh, I would say some of the best mornings that I have, I am, I am pretty rigid as far as what I do, but then there are days where I have extra, extra time mm. and I'll, I'll read or I'll journal or I'll work on my next book, something of that. And those yeah. are the best mornings when you give yourself space to, be creative as as well. So uh, definitely, definitely in line Absolutely. with you there. And yeah. I have, you know, I run my own business. I also have a ten year old, and I'm a single parent. Okay. So, so you know, I I know my my essentials that I do, and then I agree. I'm like you, and I kind of like if if she's still asleep, I'm like, oh, I get to do a bit of reading, or I can do, I can kind of add to the edges of it. But I know within like you know twenty minutes, half an hour, I'm set up for the day. And that's all it takes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so true. So how did you, Lisa, how'd you get into coaching visionaries, entrepreneurs, share a little bit about that journey. And then I'd love to dive into, you know, why it's so important for, for visionaries to step out and, and change the world and, and all that, that comes with being a visionary. Yeah. So I, I often say, I don't think I was born an entrepreneur. I came from a very traditional family. Both, I'm in the UK. Both my parents worked for the government all their lives in the most secure jobs ever. 
So I have no idea where this entrepreneurial <laughs> spark came from. But I know that even when I was a kid, I would kind of look around myself and say, I don't get it. Like this whole hard work ethos, like work really hard, slog, you know, it, it's, it, you know, things like life's not meant to be fun, you know? And I used to sit there as a kid and think, really? I don't get it. Like, why wouldn't it be? So there was something in my, um, in me, I think, that was always kind of like that challenger, always going, well, why, why, why not? Why, why can't it be different? And I had a corporate career first for about 10 years. Um, but again, I was the one that sat in meetings going, but why are we doing it that way? Why don't we do it this way? What's, you know? And then I started, as I rose up through the ranks, I started mentoring people and running large teams and all of that. And I kind of realized it was the people bit that I really loved. And then I was really fortunate. I worked for a big supermarket chain called Sainsbury's here. Um, and at the time, we did a lot of work with Jamie Oliver, the chef, um, who I, I think you guys kind of know over there too. Real entrepreneur, visionary guy. And he, I used to manage the sort of advertising contract with him. And he was my first exposure to visionaries. Okay. So I decided, I was like, I've got exposed to the world of coaching. And I had that moment where I was like, oh, my God, I have that, this is the thing that I need to be doing. I don't want to do marketing for the rest of my life. I want to go and be a coach. So I, I left that business, took the big leap, if you like. Okay. Um, and Jamie Oliver became my first client. So I was kind of exposed to this world of visionary founders. It kind of found me rather than the other way around, I would say. Um, and through the years, what I've realized is I'm a visionary founder. You know, it took me a long time to realize that, that I'm here to create change in the world and not to have these guys on a pedestal and me kind of down here somewhere advising them. So part of my journey has been to claim that space for myself. And I found the more I've done that, the more incredible people I'm working with. I love love that love that story and, and kind of it just happened right and and i would say maybe that's intuitively how you're connected and and just following your your heart and and where where the path leads and then the final piece you mentioned there right stepping into that visionary founder and and not thinking you're below those those individuals unpack that process a little bit because i i think related to imposter syndrome, we all face that Absolutely. from time to time, right? So what were a couple of strategies you used to really step into that, that visionary founder, that powerful position? So I have my own, I have my own coaches and, okay. and, you know, so I think it's so, I think if you're really in that space as an entrepreneur and you're growing, then it is a constant process of evolving, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like for me, I kind of like, I, I take big leaps and I say yes to something. So I had a new client in the US who is a multimillionaire, amazing woman. And we spoke on the phone and we just literally, I came off the phone, I was like buzzing. There was such right. an amazing connection, still is. Um, and and I then had that moment of like, oh my God, you know, what am I going to do with this woman? And, you know, I'd never coached anyone like that before. And so I think it's a process of, you know, not, not like affirmations like I am a visionary founder, but actually I think it's a lot about going into the emotions actually. And, you know, really I journal a lot. I go into them. I, I allow myself to feel all the feelings and to really start to explore what this next piece of the journey is for me. 
And so I find for me, it's not about kind of um, ignoring the feelings or, you know, just saying it a lot of times, doing affirmations. For me, it's more actually allowing myself to feel the feelings and going, okay, how am I feeling? Can I process it? What is it? What is it I'm really afraid of? What's the piece that I kind of think isn't here? You know, and it's a, it's a gradual journey of claiming for me and allowing that processing and also, you know, I think we have to kind of, it's like an identity um, upgrade. That's how I would describe it. So I think for me, it's kind of like, I'm very conscious that I'm doing an identity upgrade. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I'm kind of like, I'm being with it and I'm just working it. And I have my coaches around me also to help me do that and to do that deep inner work. So for me, it, it, the whole journey is like deep inner work, jump forward. Oh, there I am. Okay, back to the inner work, jump right. forward. So I see it as a bit of a cycle in some ways. And just knowing that we all feel that. You know, I've coached some amazing, like people who've created enormous change in the world and have enormous success. And they still have those feelings when they take their next big leap. So I try and say that to people that whenever you take that next leap, it is going to feel weird and unfamiliar because you haven't done it yet. Right. And your brain wants to say, ah, Go back to safety. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Right. You know? But it's not true. You just haven't experienced it yet. And you have to create that level of kind of certainty for yourself all over again, I think. Yeah, so, so true. And I, I love the identity piece, right? And, and the constant evolution. And if you're on that entrepreneurial visionary path, it's going to be a never-ending process of building yourself, continuing to work, refining your identity and going through that. So, so truly, truly do love that. So let's get into visionaries and, and why are they needed to, uh, to change the world? Love, love for you to unpack that question. Yeah. So this has been a big realization for me in the last couple of years in my work in the world in that I've done work with huge organizations and I've done work with more um, founder-led organizations. Okay. And I, and I just had to come honest with myself a couple of years ago and go, I just love the founders. I just love it. What do I love about them? And why is it important? And, you know, to me, when I talk about visionary founders, it's, it's about people who can see the world differently, mm. you know? And, and it's so interesting because I've had so many conversations with these guys now. And, you know, and I'm sure you're in this bracket too, so you'll probably recognize what I'm saying, Jeff. But, you know, that you start to go, well, what, you know, I'm going to do this or I can see this potential. I can change something. And everyone I've ever spoken to has said that people around them will go, you can't do that. That's not possible. What, how, you know, I worked a lot with Netta Porte. I don't know if you know that brand in the US, but big luxury fashion retailer. Okay. And when they, when they set up their business, um, they were going to sell luxury fashion online. And, and everybody said to the founder, you can't sell luxury fashion online. Nobody's going to buy it. They need the boutique experience. Well, this is like a billion you know, billions of dollars in this market now, right? Wow. But but most people won't get it when you launch it. And so I think visionaries see the future. They see beyond the current reality. And I feel like right now, as we sit kind of like, hopefully at the end of the pandemic, we'll see, right? <laughs> Still bubbling away there, that we need more and more people who, who are not in fear and not caught up in the current reality, but can go, do you know what? Maybe this is just an awakening. Maybe this is just the next evolution of humanity. What can we do? How are we moving forward? What's the next pieces? 
And so I, I, I love to work with those guys because it inspires me and helps me think about, okay, what's the next piece of my work in the world? If I get people to create change, I work a lot with retailers and I'm okay. working a lot with retailers on kind of circular economies and how we, how we stop polluting the planet, for example, with fashion. Um, so that changes something in the world. So I think if we all play our part and we all claim what I call this visionary essence, the more of us are going to create change in the world. And that's my game. So, you know, as a visionary, you can have a tremendous amount of ideas, I would assume, right? And, and mm -hmm. <laughs> as I started my first gym business, if I had a dollar for every time I said to my wife, I have an idea, she was like, yeah. oh my goodness. That, <laughs> so I, I would say that's one of the blessings and curses about having a, a vision. So what's some strategies for a visionary to stay aligned, stay focused, because they are in that creative mindset of idea, iteration, generation, all of the above. What are a couple of strategies to really get through that and, and continue to, to grow? Yeah, I think that's such a good question. And I totally agree with you. It's a blessing and a curse. Right. Because I also think that, that visionary founders have so much energy. And I've seen it in businesses where the founders like, bang, 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 all these ideas, all these things going on. And, and people end up burnt out in the organization because they're like desperately trying to keep up. And so I, I talk about kind of like really creating visionary to visionary. Okay. And what, and what I mean by that is that, so if I'm the founder of an organization, I've got other people coming in to work with me. I really want to know what's your vision, you know? So if we were working together, I know what my vision is. I want to hear what your vision is. I want to know why you're working in my organization. I want to know how working here fulfills a part of your purpose in the world. Okay. And and then allow each allow that challenge and that connection. Because the thing I've noticed in these organizations is often the person that's running it will be like, oh, I'm thinking about launching in China, you know, and then all these people scoot off and start looking at China when the person's just throwing ideas around. Right? So so what I find is it's a two-way process of the people that are that are working with and for these people is to say, when you say China, how does that impact on the US? You know, are we talking now? Are we talking at some point in the future? You know, and what I found is if you can create that dynamic of like almost equality, mm. then it helps the founder go, oh, good question. Yeah, I'm not talking about China tomorrow. I'm just throwing ideas around. And then everyone can go, oh, great. You know? <laughs> so you might find this with your wife. You know, I used to do this with my um, now ex-husband. So clearly this wasn't a very successful strategy, <laughs> but he was more of the planner. And I used to say to him, I'm just throwing an idea out. Gotcha. So that so that he didn't, he knew it wasn't like a thing that I wanted to do yet. It was just ideas. So there's a signaling and a way of being with it and allowing people to deliver on the track that you're going on right now without feeling like the other pieces get lost. Because I think if you try and constrain somebody who's a visionary, it just sends them crazy, you know? Right. So you have to allow that creative process, but also know there's a difference between the reality I'm creating in the future and what we're focusing on right now and being able to hold both those pieces. And that's quite a sophisticated, energetic game, you know? Right. No, and I, I agree. And I love the, love the point of, hey, I just, just have an idea. Because if you are operating in and you are the visionary and you have a team 
and they're excited, they're feeling your energy and you say, go do this to your point. And then they go start researching. You're losing all that momentum in a different area that you might not be as the visionary focused on right now. You're just throwing it out there and, and having that dynamic of equal footing almost, as you mentioned. Yes. Yes. Then the energy can bounce off each other. And it's it's like having a conversation. You you mentioned with that that woman in the US where you got off of it. And I've been on those conversations as well. When positive energy forces are together, oh. you you're off the call and you're ready to bust through the door and do Absolutely. everything you, you you humanly can. And I enjoy yeah, you bringing out that that dynamic of of kind of team building and, and interaction for sure. Yeah. And I think there's something different in that co-creation. So my intention, whoever I work with, is that they grow and I grow. And again, from a coaching point of view, that's quite unusual. Because as a coach, when I learned to be a coach, gosh, 15 years ago, you were all about being the blank sheet, you know, the blank slate that somebody could kind of like interact with. You didn't bring your personality in. You didn't do any of that. And I realized I felt a bit constrained by that. And it wasn't, it got to a point where it wasn't fun for me anymore. Whereas now I see it as a dynamic. Of course, I'm holding that person's um, vision and where they're going and all of that, but I'm also interacting with it. And so my intention is that they grow, I grow, I grow, they grow. And my experience in the last couple of years is when that happens, it just becomes so, um, it's like a multiplier effect, you know? It becomes so much more interesting on both sides. And those things start to kind of, fire using your words morning fire right they start to fire off against each other and right. and I think then you create something extraordinary no I, I love that point of in the interaction each side growing right because yeah. then you're growing together and and then you're both both on that journey and mm. I think it's so in, important to be vulnerable, share as I do the same thing in my coaching practice so it definitely resonated with with me that people respect you. They know you at a deeper level and, and then, then you can all grow together. So, so, so vitally, uh, vitally important. So Lisa, I, I truly appreciate the conversation. Where can people find you if they want to find more out about Lisa Mitchell? I know you've got your own podcast. Yep. So I've got a podcast called the visionary founders podcast with Lisa Mitchell. And my intention with that is to use all the experience I've had over the last 15 years of, as you said, the blessing and curse of being a founder, you know, and what works and doesn't work. And, and it, again, it comes out of a lot of the conversations I'm having day to day with these guys. And I want to inspire more and more people to follow their dreams, to follow their passions, you know, to really live that fulfilled life and have a business that fulfills them too. So that's the best place to kind of experience me, if you like. And I'm on all, all the social media channels and everything as well. But the podcast is my is my most passionate project at the moment. Love it. Lisa, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You now have the knowledge, but without action, knowledge is useless. Choose to act. Choose to step into your greatness and unlock that hero inside of you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so more entrepreneurs can hear this message. If you absolutely love this podcast, which I hope you do, then share it up with someone you know who might see benefit from it. 
become that beacon of change and together we can impact the world.